Welcome to The Pew, the place where everyday guys talk about everyday things in front of the one person who can do something about it, Jesus Christ. Now here's your host, just a guy in the pew, John Edwards. Welcome back to The Pew, everybody. I am your host, John Edwards, and here to the left of me, as always, is my co-host and cohort, Victor Adams. Hey, John. How's it going? It's going good, man. We're in here for another show. I'm excited. Yes. Yeah, we're another week into Exodus. Um, I think we're on, what, day 15 or something, so we only have 75 more to go. We can do it. We can do it. <laughs> we can, but I, yeah. I don't know about you, man. I want to take just a second and talk about just how amazing this experience has been. Now, I'm not going to lie. If mm-hmm. I wanted to have a beer you know, every once in a while, yes. Have I wanted to have a snack? Yes. Have I wanted something sweet to eat? Yes. But I got to tell you, the holy hours every day, the, the going, prayer, yeah, yeah. you know, mm-hmm. the prayer, all of those things, just the the um, reflections that you have and the study through Exodus, it's just been amazing. I I really feel like you know that it has rejuvenated my my individual spiritual life. You know, aside from ministry stuff, it's really just been something I've been missing in my life. That sometimes you just get too busy, right? Like yeah. I, I hate to say that there's not an excuse. But sometimes when you're in ministry, you can tell yourself, well, I've done stuff for God all day long. And and that's just the devil can use that because he can say, well, yeah, you're right. You have done all that. And then next thing you know, you're letting your individual prayer time with God slip and all this because you're trying to substitute things that you've done. Mm-hmm. But nothing substitutes for a good relationship with God. And you've got to be in your prayer life to do that. So Exodus has been great for me in that way. And guys, you know, you, it, it's too late to have started on the, you know, the date that we did January the 4th. But you can start Exodus anytime with a group. Um, you can get some friends and then and just get the, the app and, and pick your start date and start. So don't let that hold you back. You may not finish on Easter. You'll be a few days after that. But hey, if it's something the Lord's calling you to, take the time to do it. Um, so that's been something great going on. I want to talk about something I mentioned last week, and a lot's happened since then. You know, We had a patron Zoom call last week where I kind of shared this with some of the patrons there. But the narrow road, what we talked about, it's coming to fruition. Um, you know, this is, this is going to be something that I have really been planning for a while. And the Lord just kind of laid on me during this Exodus, uh, period, just the clarity of mind to be able to sit down and do this. The narrow road is going to be a guidebook for men. It's an everyday guide for everyday guys. It's going to focus on a virtue every month. So in March, we're going to start with charity. There's going to be reflections on the virtue itself. And then you're going to have a plan through the month that tells you, okay, here's the virtue, here's the opposite sin of that virtue, here's how it manifests in my life, where you're writing this stuff down in a printed copy book. This isn't an ebook. This is something that's going to be shipped to you every every month. But you write that stuff down, then there's your active charity plan or active humility plan, whatever virtue we're on, and it's week one, you know, my love of God or our humility with God, you know, love of my wife, love of my, of my children, love of my neighbor. And you're going to be able to practice those things each week, that virtue in every relationship, every major relationship of your life. You're going to have the daily gospel readings in there. You're going to have a prayer that has to do with that um, virtue, whether it's the litany of humility or the act of charity prayer. And you're going to go through this and every day read that gospel reading. And what is God saying to me? It's going to help you build what we've talked about on the show so many times that to personalize that scripture, to ask God, what are you saying to me? It's great to hear everybody else tell us scripture and what it supposedly says to them, but we need to get to the point where we can listen to God and hear what God's trying to say to us individually. So that's going to be in there. And then every day you're going to have a plan, a chance to write down how you practice that virtue in that given week, in my relationship with God, you know, in my relationship with my wife, my children, my spouse. 
So it's also going to have an opportunities for grace chart in there. A lot of times guys are negative, right? We look at all the things we're not doing. We compare ourselves to others and we never really look at the things we are doing. So this chart's going to have something for every day. It's going to have every day listed and everything you can do across there. Simple things, you know, daily mass, adoration, confession, um, time with my wife, time with my kids, a rosary, Sunday mass, these things that you could start marking off that you're doing, not to sit there and look at what you're not doing, but to celebrate what you are doing. So that's going to come every month. It's going to come with videos. So I'm going to do 10 to 12 minute videos for every reflection. So the first one of the month for the virtue, then one each week in those relationships to help you get going. So one, it helps you as an individual, but this is also gonna be offered to parish groups, to men's groups, to parishes that wanna buy it for their men. And you've got something to show in your group when you're meeting, and you can be working in your books. But it's gonna have a thought from the church every day with quotes, it's gonna be awesome. Um, You know, to get it, to start off, it's for, you know, you're gonna have to become a patron to get it. Um, there is going to be bulk buying. We're going to get into that in the next month or so. We're looking at that and setting up the web page where you can find more about this on justaguyinthepew.com. But the main thing I want you to know is if you become a patron at the $20 level, you're going to get this every month sent right to your door a couple of days before the month rolls over. So you've got plenty of time to have it and have it ready to use. Something you can throw in the truck with you every day. So many men, we, we stop things because they're overcomplicated. This is, is in particular, it's on purpose. It's made to be simple. So when you flip it open, you go, you might go, this is it, but it's on purpose. So you can do these very few things in your life to start building yourself, to walk that narrow road, to walk that, that journey we all want to go on and not quit because you're overwhelmed. But you get this at the $20 patron level, but that's not all you're getting, right? So you may say, well, I'm giving it, you know, I'm already a $10 patron. You know, why 20? Well, one, because the printing cost was more than we thought to make it beautiful and to make it just a nice thing, it costs a little bit more than what I what I uh, originally thought. So at $20, you're not just getting that. You're getting the book. You're getting the videos. You're getting access to all the other patron things, the deeper dives, uh, access to the extra interview portions we do. Uh, you're also getting the, the metal koozie and just everything else that we do, access to the Facebook group. So I'm hoping that this is going to be something that helps a lot of men. It's something that I've sort of modeled in my life every day that keeps me reading scripture, reading the gospel, living out virtue in my life. And that's what we've talked about on this show. And that's the point of the show is to help men walk towards virtue. So if this sounds like something that you'd be interested in, you can go to justaguyinthepew.com. Go ahead and sign up. That'll get you on the pre-order list. And we'll start sending that out. Make sure you put your address in so that we have it. But it's going to be ready in March. We're going to start with charity. I'm so excited to get this out there. I just I really think it's going to help a lot of men. And so if you if you want in the program, you can do that by going to uh, justagotinthepew.com, clicking support, or go to patron.com and signing up there. What I like about it is that, you know, we we all kind of tiptoe in and out of, like, the virtues from time to time, day to day. We may not know or be aware of it, but what this does, it puts you at the forefront of our mind to focus on a particular growth of a virtue mm-hmm. that way we're like it's always on our mind what can i do for someone right now what sure. can i do what can i do i'm gonna do that you know right and, and that keep that promotes us to kind of live the life of the gospels in our life daily sure well and it's and the thing is you may be meeting in your men's group you know and we mm-hmm. were doing this too and every week you're talking about a different topic right one week it's lust one week it's anger one week it's this that's great but we're only talking about it for an hour right and then we go off to the next thing this gives you a whole month 
to work on this virtue in your life, in the main relationships in your life, the most important relationships you have in your life. And so it's going to help you walk towards virtue. It's going to help you grow in your relationship with Christ because you're going to be reading the gospel every day. And it's going to help you in your prayer life. All the, the three main things that we need to grow in virtue as a man. So really excited about that. Again, you can go to justaguyinthepew.com or you can go to patreon.com slash ministries and sign up at the $20 level then. So anyway, on to the show. Yeah. I, you know, I hope you guys sign up, but we got to get to the show too. So as I was thinking about what we were doing um, this week, you know, I was, I was kind of hitting a wall, you know, of w- what are the different things we can talk about. I was hearing different things in scripture and just kind of didn't know. So, you know, this afternoon I was sitting there talking to my daughter, Alice, and she was in my room as I was trying to figure out, you know, get that first letter typed on the page just to get started right. Mm-hmm. And it's sort of that, that uh, writer's block. Well, I just, something told me to ask her to come over and pray. So I said, honey, would you come over here? She's eight years old. And would you grab my hands and pray? You know, daddy's having a trouble time, you know, a hard time trying to figure out what to do on the show. And Tom's ticking down and had a couple hours. And she comes over and she grabs my hands and she says, God, I pray that you help daddy figure out what you once said, that people will not worry with what other people think and will be themselves and love Jesus. That came from my eight-year-old daughter. (laughs) And so one of the things I'd been thinking about was, all the stuff in the world, the, the cancel, the cancel culture. You know, a couple mm-hmm. of weeks ago we talked about spiritual maturity and the attacking of, of each other on social media and all that. But there's this canceling, right? Like this thing now in the culture that you know we live in a world that isn't very accepting of being different, right? They they want you to conform or fall in line, or you're basically canceled, right? You they, there's an effort if if you do something to upset the apple cart or you you have a different opinion than what is the norm, then it's this this total thing to to shame you, right? Like if you make a mistake at all or do something that may even, you know, be misunderstood, you're canceled. You know, you're forgotten. You're publicly shamed. People try to wipe you from existence. You know, you're told you're not wanted and you're told you don't matter. And it's this thing that's just been bugging me. I haven't spoken about it, you know, on the show or anything. It's just God's been giving us other topics. But when I heard that prayer from Allison, I thought, man, we do worry more about what other people think. And we don't worry enough about being ourselves and just doing what God wants of us. And now there's this overwhelming tidal wave of if you don't conform, if you don't surrender your morals, if you don't, you know, uh, con- you know, um, conform your beliefs to whatever we think is the way, whatever that we is, basically the world, then we're going to get rid of you. And it's a terrible place to be in because people live it, you know, in fear of losing everything, of losing you know, especially if they're a celebrity or something, losing their status, losing their way of life, you know, even losing their, their income because a certain, the world says you don't belong anymore and you don't matter because you're upsetting the apple cart. Of course, there'll probably be a study of this uh, as to why our society is so focused on watching other people fail. I think the, like you look at the reality shows and all these talent shows where people like people failing. Sure. And I, I mean, it's, it's, ter- it's terrible sure. to say that, but that's kind of where they get their ratings from, right? So, so what's within us that we like seeing other people fail and, 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 you know, and get gratification from that? What's the, where does it come from? We, I mean, it's, it's sick. It yeah. really is. Well, disturbing. I, just, I think it's just, it's, it's people in the world think like my, it's my way or the highway, right? Yeah. Like in this, if you're not on board, get off of it. And, and, and I hear people saying like, this is just so terrible. And they act like it's something brand new, right? Like, I can't believe the world has come to this, but this has happened before. I mean, all you have to do is go back and look in Scripture, right? Mm-hmm. You look at you look at things like Daniel in the lion's den, right? He was he was canceled by jealous rivals, right? Because he kept praying when they made the edict that you couldn't pray for a number of days. He kept praying, and they tricked you know his master at the time 
to make that edict to, to not pray. Mm-hmm. So because they knew Daniel wouldn't stop. They were jealous of him. So what happens? He's thrown in the lion's den and left for dead. You look at, you know, the adulterous woman in, in the New Testament with Jesus. You know, he's she's committing a sin, yes, but these people are enraged and they want to not just cancel her, they want to kill her. Right? Like you have done something that is not okay. You've made mistakes and you deserve to die. You deserve not to live anymore. You deserve to be shamed and hurt because of your behavior, because you're not conforming to what it is that, that we think you should right, be. To the establishment. Right. Yeah, right. You look at Matthew, right? Here's the tax collector. No one liked him, right? Mm-hmm. No one wanted to anything to do with him. The Romans didn't. The Jews didn't. The Gentiles didn't. They all looked at him as he's scum of the earth because he was trying to make a living. Right, he was trying to, to to make a living at something he was good at. Right, counting counting and all these things. That's why his gospel is so great. He had that skill that Jesus saw in him to be able to 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 account for things. That's why it's such a great gospel. But you look even at the lepers, right? The lepers in the New Testament. Now they had a disease, and people basically just shoved them completely out of their life and said, "You're going to live out of the cities. You're going to live there. You don't have the same rights as us. You don't have anything else. You're canceled." Like this has been going on for years. Now, in the Bible, obviously, it was more severe. A lot of people, when they were canceled, were actually killed. Mm-hmm. But today, it might as well be that because you you shatter someone's confidence. You shatter somebody's reputation. You leave them isolated and alone. And it's a terrible place to be. So, you know, what what is what is the point? Like, what is the point of all this? I mean, why am I using these examples? And I want you to know that you're necessary. The title of this of this episode is going to be called You're Necessary because the world is telling a lot of people right now that you're not, right? They're saying you don't matter. You, you, you know, if you don't conform to what we're saying, it doesn't matter. We'll just get rid of you. But there's always somebody that you matter to and that's God. Um, you know, when you, when the world cancels, God claims, right? Like that's the lesson here is that we think that maybe our life is over and, and if we're thinking that way because we've been canceled or because we've been treated in a way, then we really need to stop and look at why am I still chasing that, right? Why am I desiring a world that doesn't desire me? There is one person who desires you more than anything and thought you were necessary, so necessary that he breathed you into existence. He thought that there was a need for you, that you have a purpose, and that should be enough for us, right? When, Like I said, when the world cancels, God claims but why does he claim you? Because you're necessary. You are loved and you were created for a purpose and you're necessary because he deems it so. And if you don't believe it, here's a couple of Bible verses that'll help you with that. Here's This is from um, Ephesians 1.5. Uh, As he chose us in him before the foundation of the world to be holy and without blemish before him. In love, he destined us for adoption to himself through Jesus Christ in accord with the favor of his will. That's Ephesians 1, 4 through 5. Here's another one. Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Jeremiah 1.5. Do not fear. I have redeemed you. I have called you by name. You are mine. Isaiah 43.1. Here's the last one. John 15.19. If you belong to the world, the world would love its own. But because you do not belong to the world and I have chosen you out of the world, the world hates you. Now, when you look at all these things, um, look at how God is speaking to you through them, right? Listen to the first one. Destined for adoption. Because and it was accord with the favor of my will. Here's the next one. I knew you. The next one. You are mine. I have chosen you. Where the world is saying we don't want you. Where you don't belong. Where you don't have a purpose. God is telling us through these scriptures, 
You have a purpose. You belong because I say so. You're necessary. I chose you, right? All of these things. That's where we have to find refuge from a world that may not like us because we're Christian or may not like us because we're out there trying to share truth in a world that doesn't want the truth. That's where we find our refuge. And that's why it's important to know you're necessary. God tells you again and again in the scriptures. Well, what you're getting to, obviously, is, is that is the word validation. I think everybody wants to have be validated in life, right? Mm-hmm. But guess what? We're already validated by the death of Christ. He died for us, therefore validating how much He loves us. So, And that's the thing is that when we're chasing the world, we're never going to be satisfied. We're never going to be getting what we think we are just desserts, as they say. Sure. Because we're chasing the wrong master, in a sense. But Christ is right there with you, and He says, I have already given everything. You just need to ask. Right. That's what He's saying. We should be affirmed in the fact that we are indeed necessary and purposely made. Like they tell us again and again in Scripture. The, the examples are there. We don't need to worry about the world. We get so caught up in that stuff when God's sitting there going, I love you. Doesn't matter what anybody else says. I think you're necessary. You have a purpose because I made you for a purpose, mm-hmm. right? All you have to do is believe that. Quit worrying about who cares if you're canceled, right? I would say cancel this. I don't care. Cancel me all you want to because it doesn't matter. I don't live for this world. I live for heaven. And that's where my life is is aimed at. And I'm not going to conform to what you want me to conform. I'm going to conform to the truth. And we know the truth is Jesus Christ. So, But even in the examples that we gave, you know, I, I said a minute ago, the world cancels, God claims. So let's look back at those examples from the Bible I brought up where the world was trying to kill or cancel those people because they were jealous or because they were standing up for truth or because they broke some law that they mm-hmm. thought was was you know irredeemable. Look back at it. Daniel and the lion's den. God claimed him. God saved him from those lions. He shut those lions' mouth. So where other people were the world was trying to get rid of Daniel, God said, no, he's mine. I'm going to protect him. I'm going to take care of him. He claimed Daniel in that moment. The adulterous woman. Jesus walks out in the middle of a crowd of guys with rocks ready to stone a woman to kill her by throwing rocks at her, right? I think we, when we read that sometimes, we gel over on that back, how painful and terrible that would be to die with people pelting you with rocks and how long that might even take, right? Well, Jesus steps out in the middle of that and basically we know the story, draws in the dirt and says, you know, he who hasn't sinned, cast the first stone. He claimed her. You know, when she looked up expecting to be hit by a rock, she found God reaching down and saying, get up, right? Your sins are forgiven. That's what God does for each and every one of us. He claims us. He doesn't care what you've done. He doesn't care what, what, what you, mistakes you've made. He claims you no matter what. No matter what. You, there is no cancel culture with Christ, right? He doesn't believe in that. He believes you are mine and I will go after you until you realize it and you turn again towards me. That's how he lives. Matthew, everybody hated him, right? Jesus gets, goes to him and says, you know, come with me, follow me, right? He follows him. He goes to his house. He listens to all these people. Why are you eating with him? Why are you doing this? Because that was a sign of acceptance, right? To sit down. Jesus claimed Matthew when nobody else wanted him. When the world turned him away, guess what? The Savior didn't. I mean, the lepers, same thing. People that were untouchable. I mean, Jesus risked, you know, in people's eyes, the danger of contracting leprosy. But what did he do? He embraced them. He healed no telling how many lepers. He said, you are necessary. You were worth something. You were wanted, right? You were desired. When the world casts you out, I claim you. I renew you. That's what he says to each one of us each and every day if we want to listen. But we have to start realizing that what the world says and does doesn't matter. 
We need to quit longing to fit into a world that doesn't want us and start longing for God. So, you know, we're talking about scriptures, right? That's, we can relate to that easy, but also it has happened within the 20th century. You know, look at European history, right? How many priests and how many sisters and how many lay people were killed sure. by people because they got in the way? Yeah. I mean, not to say that, that may happen to us in our lives, I, I don't know. Sure. But we have to, like you said, we have to be able to stand in our faith to say no when we see something is going wrong. Sure. We have to, and, and fear against persecution, it, we're, just know that it's a possibility, small, large, or whatever, but know that Christ validated you as a son, as a daughter, to lead, to follow, and to preach. Yeah, and and that he is enough. Like, that's the thing that like you're saying, we may not have to die. It's a form of death to be rejected by people, right? How much yeah. isolation and loneliness and how many people commit suicide for this very thing, right? Because I made a mistake. I wasn't given a second chance. I was completely removed away from the world. And unfortunately, we see an uptick in this right now of anything. If you don't get in line, if you don't toe the line with whatever the world says, then we're just done with you. Like, never in my life would I would I ever have thought there would be social media movements and all these things to remove people. And I'm not talking about just Donald Trump or something like that, if that's what people are thinking. I'm talking about celebrities that made a mistake. Somebody that said something 20 years ago in passing that somebody's dug up now and they're ruining their life and career over something they said in passing. You know, we act. there's people that act like they never said anything stupid. They never made a mistake. But we, when we chase that, that's that's what we're getting from the world, right? So we need to quit longing for that. We need to start quit looking for that and realize our worth is always going to be found in God, right? He knew that he needed you. He knew he was going to make you thousands of years before you ever came into existence, right? That's why I love that, uh, you know, before I formed you in the womb, I knew you, right? That tells us that God had a plan for our lives. And it doesn't end with being canceled by the culture. That should just be something where, you know what? That's terrible and I hate that, but that's the way the world is. And I know that. But there's one person who's never going to treat me that way. And if I live in accord with what he wants, then none of that's ever going to matter. Right? None of it matters. I don't have to be concerned with all of that. If that's one thing that Exodus has shown us in this time period is, I don't, you know, I hadn't watched the news. I hadn't missed it at all. Right? I mean, my life is a lot happier not knowing that there's just raging hate and all this stuff going on everywhere and people getting canceled. When we turn that stuff off, we realize it doesn't matter as much as we think, right? It doesn't matter as much as we think because we're centering on God. That is the purpose of our life and that is the responsibility and and, and where our time is going. So we start to realize this, this, this facade, this veil that the world wants to drop over you that everything they say or do matters or, or should matter in our lives, it doesn't. It's a facade. You want to throw stones? Throw one through that, right? I mean, it's just something that the world thinks most people will not break through. But if you listen to Christ, you've got a chance to do it. And you don't have to worry about being canceled because he's never going to cancel you. So how do we remain confident in the fact that we're necessary, right? How do we remain confident in that? Well, one, I would say that we need to remember that someone thought enough of us to die for us, right? Your point a few minutes ago, Jesus Christ died for you. Go back and read John 3.16. Take the world out of it and put your name in it. God so loved Victor. God so loved John. God so loved Bill. God so loved Scott. Start personalizing that message and understanding someone thought you were necessary enough that they died for you. Right? Let that sink in. Number two, 
Remember that God instituted the sacraments so you could visualize how much you mean to him, right? He comes down in the form of bread and wine so you can see, you can physically take him into your body and you can see the links that he's gone to be one with you. You can see that he wishes to give you mercy in the confessional. You can see that he wishes happiness for you in the sacrament in, in the sacrament of marriage, right? All of these things. He he makes himself visible to you in that. He's gone to that trouble so that you know you matter. Number three, remember that there's no cancel culture with Christ. Despite how hard we stay, we try, Jesus never gives up on us, on you, and he never will. We're the ones that turn our back, not him. We need to remember that. Four, remember God's immeasurable mercy. Where you may think it's a thimble, it's actually an ocean. There's no end to it in sight. God is willing to be merciful and forgive all those things that the world is so quick to cancel you on. So don't forget about that. I mean, these are just things that I think about every day that, that remind me of the links that God goes to to prove his love and to prove how necessary we are, not just because he loved us, but because he has a plan for us. Each one of us has a unique thing we were put on this earth to do that other people may not be able to do in the same way. We're like cogs on a, on a wheel or, or spikes on a cog, whatever that is, and probably you know, slaughtering that. Cogs are good. Yeah, yeah, but we're all fit in there, and if right. we're not playing our part, the, the mechanism doesn't work, right? Mm-hmm. And so that's why it's so important. And also, it can be a gift in a way with this cancel culture because it turns our mind back on the one thing that matters, God, his opinion, and his alone. So if you're a guy out there that's struggling with this or you're you're dealing with all this in the world with this, just being sick of people being told by other people in the world you don't matter, then turn off the TV. Turn off all that junk. Quit worrying about it and go spend time with the one that always will tell you you matter by everything that he does, everything he's done, and everything he continues to do for you. That's where our heads need to be. Don't give in to that mess from the world because it's easy to get sucked up into it. It's easy to think that this the world is going to hell in a handbasket. But as as Jesus said, the gates of hell will not prevent will not prevail against him or his church. We have to remember that and remember that there's always somebody that thinks we're necessary. Take it to heart and start believing it in our lives. And you can ignore that other stuff and you'll live a, live a, a whole lot more happy and peaceful life. So we got a couple seconds here left. You know, I talked at the beginning about the uh, the the narrow road. Again, you can find that at just a guy on the pew.com in a couple of days. Um, there'll be a page up for it. In the meantime, you can go there and click support. There'll be a level there where you can join at the $20 level, get access to the narrow road and all the other things that come along with it, the extras and everything else. So, guys, look, in this world right now, the whole thing is being canceled. People are attacking other people. You do not have to be a part of that. You are necessary. God deems it so. He tells you in Scripture. Read it and take it to heart. So let's take it to prayer in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Heavenly Father, we live in a world that promotes conformity more and more each day. If we are not willing to compromise our morals and our beliefs, then we face ridicule, shame, and eventual cancellation. Help us to remember that no matter what the world thinks of our worth, you deem us necessary. And Father, whenever we feel the pressure from the world to fit in, Give us the strength to stand out and be different. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen. Thanks for listening to Just a Guy in the Pew. To find out more about John Edwards or have him come to speak to your parish, group, or conference, go to justaguyinthepew.com or send us an email at justaguyinthepew at gmail.com.